I, just a little late, I, some, someone was violent, very violent, and I just had to go at that time, because they were very, very bad. We drove all the way from Michigan, and the sheriff had called and so forth, that they were very, very bad. Now, but it's going to be all right, everything. Well, everything's under control, so that's fine. Amen. When the Lord comes in, everything's under control, then, isn't it? Oh, he, he is so good to think of His goodness and His mercy, of what He means to us, and how precious is His praises. Well, we tried to start saying that we would take the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians. I think we got the first three words or the first three something there. We didn't get very far. But maybe tonight we can venture along a little further. Now, I want to say that I am not a Bible student by a long ways and a long ways from being a theologian. But uh, I, I love the Lord and I love to serve Him and... Uh, someone just emergency said just before we go on now, a little girl in the hospital in Louisville, all the best specialists has given her up. She's dying now, and asked requests for this child. As Christians, it's our duty to bow our heads now for prayer. Our gracious Lord, it's not only our duty, but it is our privilege. And it is our, our desire that we bow our heads tonight as a church, as a group of called out believing people here tonight to teach thy word, positionally placing us into the body, that where we belong and where we can work fitly together as members of the body of Christ. And now it is called upon us to go immediately to God. Yes, amen. And each of us fathers thinks that if what if that was our little girl, how our hearts would burn and hurt within us. And we would call to the churches to immediately have prayer and some father's heart is burning aching. Lord, may that great person of the Holy Ghost come just now to that Father's heart. Take away every shadow of doubt and every ache. And let him know that thou art God and there's no disease can stand in thy presence when thy divine commission has been carried out by thy church. And thy people, and as through the week we pray since last Sunday, I have thought on these ways or these means of prayer. We do not have very much of a weapon as far as it looks to the world, but this little slingshot is deadly when it's held in the fingers of faith. 
Oh, Lord, may our prayers strike home that death yonder that's hanging over that child, and may it be shattered, the darkness gloom away from the bedside of that infant, that baby or child, little girl. May the great light of God's presence shine upon it. May it come from that hospital a well, child. God, we know just across the river our loved ones wait, and it is glorious. But we love our little ones, and we pray, Lord, that for your glory that you'll spare the life of that child. We as your church rebuke that death and say, Stand still, yonder. And you can't take that child because we claim its life for the kingdom of God's sake. Grant these things, Lord, to go straight to the mark as we direct them in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Do we believe? I don't know what I could do if I wasn't a Christian. I just wouldn't want to stay any longer. There's nothing to live for. Only to get others saved is the best that I know. Now, tonight we want to just start a little background of our previous lesson. And I will try to read because the entire chapter, if I can tonight, so Sunday morning... I'll have to maybe push in both Sunday morning and night, if that's all right, to try to get in this setting of what I want the church to see. Oh, it's glorious to find your position, and no one can do anything unless you know properly what you're doing. What if you were going to... Uh, be have an operation, and there was a young doctor that had just come from school. That he would never had an operation before. Yet he was young and handsome, and his hair was combed slick, and he was dressed very fine, natterly, and everything. And he said, "I've sharpened the knives, and I've sterilized all the tools and things." But you'd have a little funny feeling about that. <laughs> I'd rather really have an old doctor that went through that operation many times before, before I want to be cut on. I want to know somebody not just out of school. I want somebody with some experience. And the best experience one that I know to call on tonight is the Holy Spirit. He's God's great physician and great teacher. And as backgrounding my message tonight still from Sunday's sermon that it is they rejected Samuel with the word of the Lord and accepted Saul the son of Kish and rejected Samuel which represented the Holy Spirit because he only spoke as the Spirit led him to speak and when he called their attention to it he said remember I've never said nothing to you in the name of the Lord but what the Lord brought it to pass. 
Neither have I walked misbehavingly before you. And no one can accuse me of sin like Jesus said. Who can condemn me of sin? See? And he said, again, that I have not come to you and begged you for money and so forth. I've took nothing from you. But all that I have said has been for your good that I have brought to you from the mouth of the Lord. And all the people give witness. That's true. All that's true. But still, we want to have a king. We want to be like the rest of the world. Now, tonight, our scripture is dividing the book of Ephesians is the book of Joshua of the New Testament. It's dividing up and setting in order the overcome ones. Now, just a background for a few minutes to get a place before we start reading. Beginning with the third verse. Now, we find last Sunday night that the God in the Old Testament had made Israel a promise of a land of rest because they had become pilgrims and wanderers. And they were in a land that wasn't theirs. God had promised to Abraham that his sojourn, his seed would sojourn for 400 years in a strange people and be mistreated. But by a strong hand he had bring them out into a goodly land that was flowing with milk and honey. And now, when the time of the promise drew nigh, God raised up someone to bring them to that land. How many in the class tonight who that one was, knows who that one was? Moses. Notice a very, very a real type of our one that was given to bring us to the promised land. Christ. Now, we have a promise, because our promise is spiritual rest, where theirs was physical rest. And so they was coming to a land that they could say, this is our land. We are no more wanderers. We've settled down. This is our land. And here we have rest. We'll plant our corn, our vineyards, and we'll eat from our vineyards. And then when we pass on, we'll leave it to our children. Oh, how we could go into the land of it, the laws of inheritance, like Neoma, Ruth, Boaz, bring all that back. How a brother in Israel, how that he must, anything that he had lost must be redeemed by a kinsman. Oh, how beautiful. It would take weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. We'd never leave this chapter to go to it. We could tie the entire Bible right into here, right into this one chapter. And oh, I just love to study it. We used to take it and take it for a year and a half and never leave a book. <laughs> just stay right with it. Now, but it was such a great thing that the inheritance 
how it was that an inheritance in the land that no one else but a close kinsman could redeem that inheritance. Now let me just drop on a little token here that I touched on the other night to you mothers. How many of you prayed for your loved ones? Lost. All right. There you are again. See? Your inheritance. See? Paul told the Romans that, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thy and thy house shall be saved. If you've got faith enough for your own self to be saved, have faith enough, no matter how wayward that boy is or that girl is, they'll be saved anyhow, God somehow. If you ask to lay them on their back, laying in a hospital dying, they'll be saved, God promised it. The inheritance. Oh, and they shall be there, said Isaiah, and all their offsprings with them. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. Oh, I've got a little spot I hope I can get to tonight for you. Just burning in my heart. Uh, that comes back to that. But now, on forward. Then did you notice Moses, that great miracle performer that brought down Israel down through the land and brought them up to the promised land, but did not place their inheritance to them? He did not give them their inheritance. He led them up to the land. But Joshua divided the land to the people. Is that right? And Christ brought the church up to the place where their possession was made to them, was given to them, just the Jordan to cross. But the Holy Spirit is the one who sets the church in order. The Joshua of today puts the church in its order, giving to each one gifts, places, positions. And he is the voice of God speaking to the inner man that Christ has saved, the Holy Spirit. How do you get that much of it? Now we're getting over into the book of Ephesians. Now the same way he's positionally placing the church where they belong. Now Joshua placed them in the natural land. Now the Holy Spirit is placing the church positionally in the land that they in the position that they belong in, their inheritance. Now the first thing he starts off here, he addresses his letter, Paul, which we're going to find out after a while, that all this mystery was revealed to him, not in a seminary, not by any theologian. But it was a divine revelation of the Holy Ghost that God gave Paul. Knowing that the mystery of God, he said, that had been hid since the foundation of the world, had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit amongst the people was setting each one in order. Setting the church in position. 
Now the first thing Paul starts out here to tell the people is to get all the... Remember, this is to the church. Amen. Not to the outsider. It's mystery and riddles to him. Never able to understand. Goes over the top of his head. He does no more know about it than nothing. But to the church, it's honey in the rock. It's joy unspeakable. It's a blessed assurance. It's an anchor of the soul. It's our hope and stay. It's a rock of ages. Oh, it's everything that is good. For heavens and earth will pass away, but God's word shall never pass away. But the man outside of Canaan knows nothing of it. He's still wandering. Not saying that he's not a good man. I don't say that. I don't say the man even in Egypt's not a good man. But he, until he has come over into this possession. And the possession that the promise that was given to the church is not a natural land, but a spiritual land. For we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. (laughs) Then in this royal priesthood, holy nation, peculiar people, called out, elected, chosen, set aside, that all the world is dead on the outside. And we are led by the Spirit. Sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. Not by man, but by the Spirit. All in love. The whole thing is bundled up. Now, this has been tried to be taught on many times. No doubt what great theologians have struck it a lot deeper than I could. But the thing I want to try to get to you is this. That a man that is in Christ with the Holy Ghost can bear with a man when he's wrong. Long-suffering, gentle, patient. He's sweet. Humble, faithful, filled with the Spirit, never negative, always positive. He's a different person. Not just the man that we once had it. If we shouted, we had it. Us Methodists. Oh, when we shouted, we was in the land. That's good. That's all right. I believe that too. Then the Pentecostal come along speaking with tongues. They had it. Everyone spoke of tongues had it. I believe that too. But still, we found out that Lot didn't have it yet. (laughs) Now, we are now coming to this great hidden mystery that's been hid since the foundation of the world and now being revealed in the last days to the sons of God. Do you believe that to be true? That sons of God are manifested? Before we even go anywhere, let's turn over to Romans 8th chapter just a minute. Let me read you something. Amen. See if this is just coming up to what I'm speaking of here. Now we're going to get Romans 8, the 19th verse of the, um, of the 8th chapter of Romans. 
for the earnest expectation, the creation waiteth for the manifestations of the sons of God. Amen. With earnest expectations, the whole creation is waiting for the manifestation. See? The manifestation. What is the manifestation? Make it known. The whole world. The Mohammeds over here, they're looking for it. All around everywhere, they're looking for it. Where is these people? We've had, the, we've had a mighty Russian wind. We've had thunders and lightnings. We've had oil and blood. We've had all kinds of things. But we fail to hear that little, still, small voice that attracted the prophet, that wrapped the robe around him and walked out, said, Here am I, Lord. See? Now the whole creation is groaning and waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Amen. Now Paul is going to first place the church exactly where it belongs. Now just to get the background, let's read again. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints, that's the sainted ones, which are at Ephesus and the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now so the class won't forget it. How do we get in Christ? Do we join the church to get in Christ? Do we make a profession to get in Christ? Do we be immersed in water to get in Christ? How do we get in Christ? 1 Corinthians 12 chapter. For by one Spirit, one capital S-P-I-R-I-T, which is Holy Spirit, we are all baptized Amen. into the promised land. Amen. Amen. In this promised land, everything belongs to us. Amen. In the promised land. See it, Brother Collins? See? Everything in the promised land. When Israel crossed over this Jordan into the promised land, fought down everything. Now remember... In this promised land, that don't mean that you are immune from sickness. That don't mean that you're immune from trouble. But it does spell this. Oh, Amen. this same thing. It says this, that it's yours. Amen. Just rise and take it. Amen. When, and remember, the only way that Israel ever lost a man... Is when sin got in the camp. That's the only way we can ever lose a, a victory. Is for sin to get in the camp. Something wrong somewhere. When Achan stole that wedge and that Babylonian garment, sin was in the camp and the battle went wrong. You give me this, this church tonight, this group of people, perfectly perfectly in the promise of God with the Holy Ghost, walking in the Spirit, 
I'll challenge any disease or any affliction or anything that there is. Every Joe Lewis there is in the country, with all of his infidelity and all the unbelievers that there is to bring any sickness or affliction in this door, and they'll walk out of here perfectly old. Yes, sir. God gave the promise only sin of unbelief can keep it away. Now we're going to get down to what this little sin is after a while. Now, that are in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, in in Christ. When we are in Christ, we have spiritual blessings. Outside of Christ, we have sensations. In Christ, we have positive blessings. Not make-beliefs, not shams, not put-ons. But as long as you're trying to say that you're in the promised land and are not, your sins will find you out. And the first thing you know, you'll find yourself frowny and, and all, as we call it in the world, gommed up. You'll find out that you haven't got what you're talking about. But when you're in Christ Jesus, He's promised you heavenly peace. Heavenly blessings. Heavenly Spirit. Everything is yours. You're in the promised land and in full possession of everything. Amen. Amen. How beautiful. Oh, let us study. According as He has chosen us. Now, here's where the church stumbled so bad. According as He has chosen us in Him, in who? Christ. We find out now back in, in Genesis and in Revelations, Revelation 17, 8, that He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Amen. Now the word, let me read the next one, foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him, having predestinated us. Now, I want to stop on that word of predestinated. Now, predestinated is to say, I'll choose Brother Neville. And I, 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 I won't choose Brother Beeler. That isn't it. It's the foreknowledge of God that knowed which one would be right and which one wasn't right. So by foreknowledge, God knowing what He was going to do, He predestinated by His foreknowledge to make all things work together for the good to them that love God, that He might in the age that is to come Call all things together in one, which is Christ Jesus. 
Let me draw you a little illustration here. It's good. Amen. Hallelujah. We go back. I believe I talked on it a little bit the other night. I struck it. In Genesis, the first chapter, 126, when God called his name the Lord God, it's in the word of El Elah Elohim, which means the self-existing one. There was nothing else existed but Him. There was no air. There was no light. There was no stars. There was no world. There was no nothing else. It was God and God alone. El, El, Elohim. Now He made that. Inside of that was attributes. Which meant that he was a inside of this great El Elah Elohim was an attribute or a so you know what an attribute is or let me say it like this was a nature that's so the little feller will get it and I'm one of the little fellers that has to get it that way <laughs> inside of him was the nature to be a father. But he's self-existent. There ain't nothing for him to be a father by. And now down inside of that was something else that he was God. And a God is an object of worship. But he was self-existent. El, Elohim, 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 so there was nothing to worship him. Inside of that, he was a savior. <laughs> There's nothing lost to be saved. Amen. Right. Inside of that, he was a healer. <laughs> but there was nothing sick to be healed. Amen. To be saved. Now do you get the picture? Amen. So his attributes, his nature produced what is today. Some people say, well, why didn't God just stop it in the beginning? He's a cruel-hearted uh, brute, said Joe Lewis, the one that condemned Joe, uh, Jack Cole. See? That he's just a cruel-hearted brute. There's no such a thing as God. If there was such a thing, he'd be a... Uh, oh, I just called him all kinds of names, see? But it's just because... He might have a lot of knowledge up here, but he ain't got nothing down here. Now, that, that's where it's at. See? This word tells it here. Amen. And he's hid it. And these mysteries has been hidden. Now, remember the Bible said, since the foundation of the world, Amen. waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God Amen. to display them to the church. Amen. You get it? Now, i stop on my story just a little bit, or I'll, bring, I'll go to my next stop till I get this. Now remember, all through the ages of Moses, back through the ages of the prophets, back through all ages, they've waited until this latter days for these things to be displayed according to the Scriptures. Amen. That's right. For it to be revealed to the sons of God. Why? From the lost 
until like the pyramid, as I have said, building closer, 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 as I've often made this um, remark. It said, God made three Bibles. The first one, he put it in the sky, the zodiac. Did you ever see the zodiac? What is the first figure in the zodiac? The virgin. What's the last figure in the zodiac? Leo the lion. He come the first time to the virgin. He comes the second time as the lion of the tribe of Judah. See? He made the next one in the pyramids. Back in the days of Enoch, when they made the pyramids, and they measure them, I don't understand it, but to the wars where they stoop and go on their knees for so long and can measure the distance of the wars. You know where they measure to now? Come across the king's chamber. And as this pyramid went up, we could not build it with everything that we got today. We couldn't build it. It's built right up like this to a point. And the stone on the capstone never was found. They never did put a cap on top of the pyramid. I don't know whether you know it or not, the big pyramid of Egypt. It never had a top stone on it. Why? The capstone was rejected. Christ. The headstone, see, was rejected. But as we grow from the Lutheran age, Baptist age, Methodist age, Pentecostal age, we're right up to the capping stone now. See? Waiting and longing for that capping stone to set down. The building's complete. Have not you read in the Scripture the stone was rejected? Of course, we realize that was talking to the Solomon's temple. But the rejected stone has become the chief of the corner. But I'm saying this only to make a, 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 a picture to you. Now, and in the Bible, we're living in the last days, the top of the pyramid, the cross fishes of the cancer age in the zodiac, in the time of the coming of the Leo the Lion, in the capping stone, and in the days of the manifestations of the sons of God. In the Bible. See? See where we're at? We're right at the end time. How many have been reading the paper this week? What yeah. Khrushchev them said. Yeah. Well, they're ready. So are we. Yeah. <laughs> ready? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, how a, wow, what a privilege. What a day. If the Christians could only realize yeah. the day that we're living in. Yeah. My. What do you think the writer of this book has seen it? And seeing what it would be manifested in the last days. Waiting and groaning for those sons of God to rise in the last days. With that power of the Holy Ghost. At the end of the age. To reveal the secret things from the foundation of the world. To bring it up. Now let's go back into the foundation of the world again. To get a revelation. To see if we're right or not. I hope I don't make myself sacrilegious by calling God Papa. But I want to say it that way so you'll understand it. Papa. Papa wanted some children. So what did he do? He said, let there be angels. And they come around him. Oh, that's fine. They worshipped him. Then he was God. The attributes. Remember, he was El, E-L, Ella, Elohim. 
self-existence, nothing but Him. The first thing come around was angels. Then angels could do no more than worship. They couldn't be lost. So they couldn't be sick. They were immortal beings. So He couldn't display His healing power. He couldn't display His salvation. <laughs> so then, before I let, then after that, He said, we'll make something tangible. So He made an earth. And when He made the earth, He made all the creatures of the earth. And then He made man, everything that come up out of the earth, starting off with a, a polywog or a jellyfish, just a form of flesh floating on the water. Started from there to a, from that to a frog, which is the lowest type of life that we can find. The claim is a frog. Highest type is human being. From the frog, it started to the lizard. From the lizard, on and on and on. And every time the Holy Ghost began to breathe, life come again. Greater life. And the first thing. Something come up in the image of God. That was a man. Nothing has ever been, never was, never will be created anymore. Anything higher than a man, because a man is in the image of God. Amen. See? Then, man, when he made his first man now, when he made his angelic beings, he made man. Created he them, male and female, all in the same unit. He was both man and woman, feminish and masculine. When he made Adam and put him in flesh, remember in Genesis 1 he made man and woman, and in Genesis 2 there was no man yet to till the soil, flesh man. No man that could take a hold of anything and till the soil, but yet there was a man. In His image, and God is a sign. <laughs> See, He made the first man. Male and female created He them. Now, when He made the first man, now remember, all together He had it in His mind. And Sunday night I went through that. A, a word is a thought expressed. God thought how he could be God, how he could be worshipped, how he could be a healer, how he could be a savior, and as soon as he spoke the word, it was finished forever. Amen. Oh, if Amen. these sons of God now could only lay hold of that word like that, when God speaks the word, it is finished. Absolutely. He might have waited, chronologist says that, or an archaeologist and all, they claim that maybe the world was millions and millions and millions. I don't know, it might have been trillions and trillions of years. I don't know how long it was. God does not exist in time. Amen. He has not one minute less time than he did when he spoke it. <laughs> he is still God and there's no time with him. I never knew that like that till the other night, other morning rather. Eternal. No yesterday, no tomorrow. It's all now. Did you ever notice the word I am? Not I was or I will be. It's eternal. I am. I am. Always. 
Now, but he wanted to put things in time. He had to make something to worship. So his attributes produced this. Then he made the man. Then in this man, he looked lonesome. So now to show now his great mind, what he had in picture of the Christ in the church, he took not a different piece of clay and made a woman, but he took from the side of Adam a rib and took from the spirit of Adam the feminish and put it in this rib. When you see a man that acts like a sissy, there's something wrong. And when you see a woman that wants to act like a man, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. They are two different spirits altogether. But together they make one unit. These two are one. So he made woman and man, and they never was to be old, never die, never get gray, never they eat, they drink, they slept, just like we do, but they never know what sin was. Now I'll bypass right here for another lesson sometime on the seed of the serpent, which they asked me to recall that. Let me see somebody come show me something different. Amen. That's what I want to know. See? Now, but then, after all this, then, when sin set in, what takes place? Way up yonder, above a million, hundred million miles, there's a space that big, and that is perfect agape love. Every time you make a step this way, it narrows an inch. And you know how little it would be time it got to the earth. It's a shadow of the shadow of the shadows. <laughs> That's what you have. That's what I have. A shadow of shadow of shadows of a gospel love. There's something in you. There's something in every woman in your past 20. There's something in every man in your past 20. That would long to remain. You've only got five years. That's from 15 to 20. After 20, you start dying. But from 15, you're just an adolescent child till then, and then you mature up to your uh, 20 and after 20. Oh, you say, I'm just as good a man. You just say that, but you're not. You're dying. And you're burning away. No matter what you do, God made you up to that age, but then you're going to die. Now, what happens? Now you start dying. But in there, there's something in you that says, I want to be 18 again. Now I want to ask you something. What if you was born 500 years ago, and you remained 18 years old until today, if you wouldn't be an antique... <laughs> But your ideas are 500 years ago, before the Pilgrim Fathers ever come over here, and you were a young lady with that kind of an idea. Why, you'd be better off just went ahead and got old and lived 500 years. See, there's something wrong. You say, well, right now I feel pretty good, Brother Branham. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm 18, I'm 16, I feel good. Honey, let me tell you something. How do you know that your mother's living at this minute if she's not in this church? 
How do you know that your boyfriend didn't get killed just a few minutes ago or your girlfriend? How do you know that in the morning there won't be a corpse in your house? How do you know you're going out of the church tonight alive? It's such an uncertainty. There's nothing certain. If you're 15, 12, 19, 75, or 90, there's, everything's uncertain. You don't know where you're standing. But yet you long to go back to 15, 18. What makes you do that? Now, if you go back to 18 and remain there and never be sick and never be... You'd have to have other people with you because you'd outgrow it. See, people would go on in other ages and you'd be an antique. You'd be worse than you would be if you went old with them. But there's something that calls for you to be there. That's that little agapo, that little shadow that makes you something above here. Now the other night, or the other morning at 7 o'clock, when the Holy Spirit, by His goodness and His grace, taking me from this body, I believe. I believe. Yes or no, I don't say. And entered into that land and saw those people. And they were all young. And I seen the prettiest people I ever seen in my life. And he said to me, some of them was 90 years old. They're your converts. No wonder they're screaming, my brother, my brother. Now that is a celestial body. That when we die, we don't become a myth. We become a body. If we'd ever one die, if the atomic bomb would blow us up at this minute, in five minutes from now, we'd be shaking one another's hands and hugging one another and screaming and carrying on and glorifying God. Yes, sir. And brother and sister Spencer sitting here, I guess one of the oldest couples in here would be 18, 20 years old. <laughs> brother Neville would be just Hallelujah. a young boy and I'd be a young kid and we'd just all be that exactly this truth. If this earthly tabernacle of habitation be dissolved, we have one already waiting. When a little baby drops from its mother as a natural birth, its little bodies are twisting and legs are jumping and so forth. Excuse the expression, you young women. But when it does, it's got life muscles are jerking. But when it comes to the earth, the first thing, it catches its breath and there is a spiritual body of nature to come into that baby right then. Let it alone. It'll take its little head and root against its mother's breast and begin to nurse. If it didn't do that, the milk would not even come down. Did you ever notice a calf when it's born? It, as soon as it can get strength enough to get on its legs, who tells it? Walks right around to its mother, starts rooting around and starts nursing. Ah, yeah. Or, when this earthly body is brought here, there is a spiritual body ready for it. And as soon as this... If this earthly tabernacle of our habitation be dissolved, there is one waiting yonder just as soon as we step out of this one. We step into that one. 
One that don't want a cold drink of water. Amen. Don't have no need of a drink of water. Hallelujah. One that don't eat, they're not of the dust of the earth. But they're just as real and can feel and shake hands and just love and everything is perfect. And that body is waiting on her. It's part of it. There's three of them. You begin your eternal life right here at the altar. Here's where you start eternity. (laughs) You start eternal life right here. And you are born again, the Son of God. Amen. And then when you die, you begin, when your death strikes you in this body and the heart quits beating and the mortal wheels begin to stand still, that little shadow that was a shadow of the shadow, in one second it becomes a shadow of the shadow, then the next it becomes the shadow, then the next it becomes a little treacle, then the next it becomes a crick, then the next becomes a river, and the next becomes the ocean. And after a while, you're standing in the presence of your loved one, standing on her, clothed in the garments of a celestial body, that you know one another, love one another. You've turned back to a young man and young woman again. Exactly right. It waits there until the coming of the Lord Jesus. And someday... That glorified body of His. Now remember, that is a celestial body. Not a glorified. A celestial body. And someday, that celestial body will leave heaven with Jesus. For I say this unto you, Second Thessalonians, the 5th chapter, or First Thessalonians, 5th chapter, one or the other. I say to you, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning those that are asleep. That you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe Christ died and rose again the third day, even so those asleep in Christ will God bring with him. For we say this unto you by the commandments of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or hinder, the best word, hinder those which are asleep. For the trumpet of the Lord shall sound. Amen. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. These celestial bodies come down and put on earthly glorified bodies. Amen. Amen. And we which are alive and remain shall be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. And shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. Amen. Hallelujah. I will not drink of the fruit of the vine or eat no more until I eat it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. The wedding supper for the three and a half years of the Antichrist finishes up his reign. The whole world is destroyed. The Jews are called out. Joseph makes himself known to the Gentiles or to the Jews. Remember, when Joseph made himself known to the brethren... There wasn't one Gentile present. When he sent, you know the story, Joseph, a perfect type of Christ in every manner. And when Joseph sent for his brethren, and they came down and he looked and seen little Benjamin, and he seen them there, and then he he said, Bob, this fellow, we ought to have killed our brother Joseph. 
The Jews seeing if they've made a mistake now when Christ, when he's making himself known to them. And Joseph was so full he had to weep nearly. So he dismissed his wife and his children and all of the guards and everything else and sent them to the palace. Yes, sir. Amen. Exactly right. Amen. And then in the presence of the Jews alone, he said, I'm Joseph, your brother. I am your brother. And then they fell and began to tremble and said, now we know we'll get it because that we killed our brother. We said we killed our brother. Now he's this great king. He said, God did it for a purpose to save life. That's exactly the reason God did it to save us Gentiles. But the Gentiles was in the palace. Being rejected of his brother Joseph, he took on a bride, and the bride was a Gentile, not a Jew. All right. Now, what are you getting to now? After we put on this glorious body, and the great age that is to come, when this glorified body, this celestial body, has been made a glorified body. You get what I mean now? Then I can walk over and say, Brother Devil, let me just give you a little illustration. I say, Brother Humes, let's go up to Papa this morning. He's God. We know him now. He's a Savior. He's a healer. There never was such a thing as a creation of sin. That didn't go down good, did it? (laughs) Sin is not a creation. No, sir. Sin is a perversion. There's only one creator that's God. Sin is righteousness perverted. What's an adultery? Righteousness perverted. What's a lie? The truth misrepresented. (laughs) Certainly. What's a curse word? It's God's blessings turned to a curse word, to God instead of a blessing. Sin is not a creation. Sin is a perversion, so Satan could not create sin. He only perverted what God had created. Amen. Exactly right. Death is only a perversion of life. Now, notice this. Then I woke up and I said, Brother Humes, let's you and I... And Brother Beeler and some of the brethren, we go up to Papa God and say, let's take a little journey. You boys like mountains when you... Yeah, we sure did. Oh, there's a couple million miles of them out yonder in that new world. Go ahead out, roam over them. I have to see the sun each day. Come up high, I'll hear you. While they're yet speaking, I'll hear. Isaiah 66, that's right. And you know, I'm walking out through there, all of us. Walking out through there just for about 500 years, just a little journey, a million, don't make any difference. <laughs> now, now, that sounds like crazy, but it's the truth. Amen. See, it's the truth because there's no time. Amen. It's eternity. And when I go out there, I walk along down through there, and I, you know who I, I, I meet out there? I say, well, if there ain't Sister Georgie Bruce. Why, Sister Georgie? Been a long time since I've seen you. Look just like she always. She may be ten million years old, but just as young as she ever was. She'd be scratching somebody on the back, and I look like it's sheet of the line. 
I say, how are you this morning, Sheeta? Meow like a kitten. Oh, I've been down there talking to some of the sisters around that big flower. We'd been down there about 500 years. <laughs> Looking around. Now, that sounds crazy, but it's the truth. Yeah. That's exactly that's the way God intended it. Well, bless your heart, Sister Georgie. No harm can come. Nothing at all. In the evening time, we'll go up on top of the mountain and say, Oh, Papa God. I once was lost. Oh, I was once in the muck of sin, Papa God. And you saved me. While people tried to express that, went crazy. Well, that man who wrote the last verse yeah, of that yeah. old love of God yeah. that was pinned on the end, same wall yeah, uh, institution, who tried to express the love of God, how did he stoop to save sinners? And how did he give his love to come down to save you and I? <laughs> Talk about worship. Angels don't know nothing about it. Amen. The worship, an angel only knows he stands there and wands his wings back and forth and across. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But oh, mercy. Amen. When it comes to knowing I was lost and now I'm found, I was dead, I'm alive again. I, oh, God. I was sin, I was muck, I was down on a dump. Here's the best that life could give you. Did you ever go down here to Colgate Dump? It's the stinkiest place I was ever at. That old smoke just makes me sick to smell it. Laying down there and all that old smoke, so sick that your stomach is turning inside out after taking cast oil. See, just as sick as you can be. And rats running all over you trying to eat on you. That's the best of life. And then somebody reached down and picked you up. And you're real old and can't help yourself. And just pick you up and turn you to an 18-year-old boy. Set you up on top of a mountain. The very bloom of hell. My good breath of fresh air like that. Good cold drink of water. Would you ever want to go back to that dump again? Never. Never go to that dump again. Now that's what it means, friends. That's what that vision or translation, whatever, a vision. I'll say vision because I'm afraid that would hurt somebody to say translation. That's what it was. Now, there's when God, what God did to bring sons and daughters to him. Now, who are these people? How did they ever, what did these people do to merit this? How did they ever do it? God, at the beginning, before an angel was ever made, how many knows he's infinite? Amen. If he is, he isn't God. That's right. So, God in his infinite mercy, he saw that Lucifer would do that if he created this. He'd put him on a free moral agency, that basis, and you're still there. That's right. The tree of right and wrong set before every one of us. You make your choice. And Lucifer was the first one to take the wrong road. And he began to draw after him, hoggish, trying to take all for himself, try to override somebody else. And that's where it started. Now, listen to this. That's where sin began. God in his infinite mind saw that and saw the only way. Now, you Trinitarian brethren, I'm not wanting to hurt you. 
But how in the name of the good Word of God could you ever place Jesus being a separate person from God Himself? If Jesus could take another person and make him go and die to redeem this person here, he would be an unjust being. There's only one way that God could ever do it would be take the place himself. And God became flesh that he might taste the pains of death to take the sting and death away from us that he might be redeemed by his own. That's why he'll be so worshipped. Jesus was a man. Sure he was. He was a man. M-A-N. Born of the Virgin Mary. But the spirit that was in him was God without measure. In him dwell the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He was Jehovah Jireh. He was Jehovah Rapha. He was Jehovah Manassas. He was Jehovah our shield, our buckler, our healer. He was Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the end. He was the first, the last. He was, which is, and shall come. The root and offspring of David, the morning star. Why, he was all in all. In him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen. And death always had a stinger that has stung people. Ah, the devil says, I got you because you listen to me. Sting you. I'll put you in the grave. That sheep's blood didn't help you any. That's just an animal's blood. God in his wisdom know that there would be a lamb coming, slaying from the foundation of the world. Yes, sir. And they, they waited for that time, for the fullness of time to come. But one day, when this lamb come, this man, Satan was even fooled. He looked around him. He said, If thou be the Son of God, do this. If thou be the Son of God, perform a miracle. Let me see you do it. Let me see you do it. I'll tie a rag around his face. Smash it. If you're a prophet, tell us who hits you. Hmm. I don't, I don't believe you're the guy. If you are, tell us straightly. Are you are? See, all I got. Oh, tell us you are. You open out his mouth. Oh. Oh, did he pull the wool over his eyes then? He looked around to the disciples and said, I could speak to my father and he'd send me a twelve legions of angels. Paul didn't hear that, you know. If thou be, if thou be. Oh, that ain't him. Well, look at him bleeding. Hey, some of you soldiers go around spitting his face. Spit, boxing, pull handfuls of beard out of his face. Oh, he ain't. Nah, that ain't him. I'll anchor my stinger in him, boy. I'll get him up there. I got you now. When he's there crying, Eli, Eli. My God, my God. That was a man. Why has thou forsaken me? In the Garden of Gethsemane, the anointing left him, you know, he had to die as a sinner. Amen. He died a sinner, you know that. Amen. Not his sins, but mine and yours. Amen. That's where that love come in. How he took mine. Oh, how he took mine. And there he was. He couldn't open his mouth. Singer said, you know how I believe that was just an ordinary man? He wasn't virgin born. So I'll anchor my stinger in him. Here he comes. Stop this thing in, but that's the wrong time, boy. <laughs> he got his stinger pulled out then. He can't sting anymore from then. He left his stinger in there. 
rose up on the third day and said, I'm he that was dead and is alive again, Amen. and alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and hell. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, you fail to see who that was, and because I live, you shall live also. It does not yet appear one day, or three or four days after that, after he descended to the Father, had returned back. Then some said, oh, he's a, he must be a spook. He must be kind of something spooky about that guy. And we, you see him, you see the vision. He said, no, he was the real Jesus. Thomas said, let me see his hands and everything. I'll tell you if it is. He said, here I am. said, you got any fish and bread over there? Bring me a sandwich. And they brought him a sandwich. And he stood there and eat it. said, now, does the spirit eat like I eat? Does the spirit have flesh and bones like I got? See? He said, I am he. I'm that. And Paul said, it does not yet appear just exactly what kind of a body we'll have. But we know we'll have a body like his. But did he ever have that theophany body? Yes, sir. When he died, the Bible said that he is a personal pronoun again. He went to hell and preached to the souls in prison. He had senses of feeling. He had senses of hearing. He had senses of speech. He preached. For that same kind of body I saw those glory five ones in the other night. Amen. He preached to the yes. souls that were in hell and repented out of the long suffering of the days in Noah. But when he rose up on Easter, it was not possible that that body should see corruption because David, a prophet, foresaw it. I'll not leave his soul in hell, neither will I suffer my Holy One to see corruption. Moreover, my flesh shall rest in hope because he'll not leave my soul in hell, neither will he leave my Holy One to see corruption. And on 72 hours before corruption could set in, that theophany, that body, that Amen. went and preached to the souls that were in prison, that repented not in the long-suffering of the days of Noah, rose again in the mortal, put on immortality, and he Amen. stood and he Amen. ate and he came and he was a man. Hallelujah! That's how we'll see him, Brother Evans. That's when he'll sit on the throne of David. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's when we'll walk up and down. I'll, I'll take a, a trip with you across the mountains for a million years. Hallelujah. It's a few days. It's a few minutes. We'll go across there. Sit around over there. And it comes time to eat. You know, first thing you know, Sister Wood said, I said, Sister Wood, well, where have you been all this time? I haven't seen you for, excuse me, like it's been 15 minutes. Oh, that's 2,000 years ago, Brother Brandon. Mm-hmm. How you feeling? Oh, of course, can't feel them but good. Say, come here. Boys, I'll show you all something, brother. My darling brother. Here's is a fountain of water here, the best you ever drink. And oh, we'll get a good cold drink. I'll reach up there and get a great big bunch of grapes and we'll all sit down there and eat it. Won't that be wonderful? Amen. That's exactly what it is. Amen. That's just Amen. it. How did we get this? How do we know it? God. Before the foundation of the world predestinated us. Who? Those that are in the promised land. Predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ according to His good pleasure of His will to the praises of His glory that we might praise Him. Like He said, that's what He was, God. We want to praise Him. Praises of His glory 
of His grace, wherein He has made us acceptable in the Beloved, in Christ we are accepted, in whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of S-I-N-S. i got to go back to adoption, but I want to stop on sins here a minute. Sins. Did you notice that? Do you know God don't condemn a sinner for sinning? He condemns him for being a sinner. If a sinner smokes a cigar, he don't condemn him for it. He's a sinner anyhow. <laughs> he don't have any sins. The sinner don't. He's just a sinner. <laughs> See? He don't have any sins, but you have sins. You as Christians. You know what he's talking to the church? Keep her straight. <laughs> See? Forgiveness of sins, S-I-N-S, we commit sins. But the sinner is just a sinner. God, don't forgive him. Now, he said, well, he went out here and shot a man. What are you going to do about it? That ain't none of my business. I ain't a reformer. I'm a preacher. Amen. The law will take care of that. They're reformers. They're the, well, say he committed adultery. That, that, that's up to the law. That's between him and the law. I, 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 I'm not a reformer. I don't reform people. I want to get them converted. I'm a preacher. Okay. My business is to get him to God. Amen. If he sins, that's his business. He's a sinner. God condemns him on a higher level. He's a sinner to begin with. He's condemned to start with. He didn't even get the first base. He, he, he's nowhere. He's a sinner to start with. He don't have any sins. He's a sinner. You can go out and say, this much is night. This much isn't night. No, it's all night. It's all night. That's what God says. That's right. He's just a sinner. That's all. Now, he did this. This much is night. This is real black night right here. I know, but it's just all night. That's all. See? Now, I couldn't say, this much is light right here. No, it's just all night. It's light. You can't say how much. See? But if there's a black spot in this, then there's darkness in it. So, sins. S-I-N-S. We have forgiveness of our sins through His what? Blood. Precious blood. According to the riches of His... How do we forget it? Because we're worthy, we did something to have our sins forgiven. He is what? Grace. Grace. Oh, Amen. Nothing in my arms I bring, Lord. Nothing could I do. There is a thing I could do. Look, He predestinated me. He called me. He chose me. I never chose Him. He chose me. He chose you. He chose all of us. We didn't choose Him. Jesus said, You didn't choose me. I chose you. He said, No man can come to me except my Father draws him first. And all the Father's given me will come to me. And none of them's lost that son of perdition to fulfill the, the Scriptures. See? said, But all the Father's given me will come to me. Oh, I'm getting too late, you know. And I ain't never got out of this. I ain't got started on this yet. Let me hurry up. I've got to get to something right here just right quick. Now, we hurry. I've got to get back to this adoption just a minute. Oh, will you forgive me just for, just for a minute? Let's get this here. Some of these people are all the way from Georgia here. <laughs> Bless their hearts. Now, Brother Georgia and Texas and wherever you're from, listen to this. Fifth verse. Let's linger on it a few minutes. Having predestinated us unto 
Unto. What does the word unto mean? The word unto. It means it's something we're coming to. Unto. I am going unto the fountain. I am going unto the chair. You get that? I am going unto the death. Now he predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according as his going good pleasure of his will. How much pleasure, whose pleasure was it, whose goodness? His own. His own good pleasure of his own will. Now, what is adoption? Now, let me get this now. I don't know whether... I won't have time to get through this, but I'll hit it. Then if there's a question, you can ask me a little later on sometime in a message, something. Listen. Your adoption is not your birth. Your adoption is your placing. When you were born again, John 1, 17, I believe, when we are born of the Spirit of God, we are sons of God. But we were predestinated. Now, here's where I'm trying to get you to for this sons of the last day, you see. To the, see? We were predestinated to unto adoption. Now, here we are. Now, this is what hurts Pentecostal a little. They say, I got born again. Praise the Lord. You got the Holy Ghost. Fine. You're a child of God. That's right. But yes, that ain't what I'm talking about. See, you were predestinated unto adoption. Adoption is placing a son. I'm too close to that because Becky told me that to get too close to it, she can't hear in the back. I am, see, a child. How many knows the rules of adoption in the Old Testament? Look, a son was born. I believe I got it in some sermon. What is that, Gene? You remember it's on a tape. Oh, um, what was it? I, 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 I struck on it. Oh, yeah, I got it. Uh, hearing ye him. Hearing him, the adoption of children. Now, in the Old Testament, when a, when a child was born in a family, he was a child when he was born because he was born of his parents. He was the son of the family and heir of all things. Now, but this son was raised by tutors. Galatians, 5th chapter, 17th to 25th verse. All right. He was raised by tutors, raisers, teachers. Now, for instance, if I had a son born, I'll say I'm a father, and, and that's the reason in the King James, how many ever thought that read awful funny in the King James Version said, in my father's house is many mansions. A house, many mansions. See, really in the, in the days as the Bible was translated for the King James, a house was a domain. In my father's domain is many mansions. Not in a house mansions. But he was called the father of this domain. They had it very biblical. In the Bible, that's the way it is. When a father had a great big thousand acre farm or something other, he had a bunch of people living over here. He had a hard hand living over here to take care of sheep. 
He had some over here take care of cattle. He had some here run up to the upper range up there a uh, hundred miles away. And he had some run over here taking care of goats. And he had some taking care of mules and, and different things. He, he just had a big kingdom. And he got on his little donkey and he rode around to each one and seen how they'd get along, the sheep sharing and everything like that. He didn't have time. You can't hear me when I walk away from there. I, I, I'll try to stay back here. Can you hear me all right now here? Watch. He rode away and went away trying to, to take care of his, his, his kingdom. So, now, he wants, that son is going to be heir of everything that he's got. He's an heir. And when we're born in the kingdom of God by Jesus Christ, we're heir of heaven. Joint heirs with Jesus. Because he took our place. He became us sin that we might become him righteousness. See? He become me that I might become him. See? Join heirs with him. All right. Now remember that. To each one of you. Now remember, God predestinated you by foreknowledge that you were coming to this. Everybody understand? Raise your hand. God, by foreknowledge, predestinated you to come to the promised land. What is the promised land for the Christian today? Just raise up your hand if you know. The promise is unto you and to your children, to them that are far off. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, your sons and your daughters, and in Isaiah 28:18, precept must be upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little, hold fast to that what's good, for with stammering lips and other tongues will I speak to this people, and this is the rest, the rest, Amen. the Sabbath land Amen. that I said, that they should enter into, and for all this they would not hear, but they wagged their heads and walked away and wouldn't hear. See? Exactly. What was it? Just exactly like those people who had come all the way from Canaan, uh, from Egypt, all the way up through the wilderness, and got right next to, close enough to taste grapes to come out of the land. Brother, there. Them men want me to draw back that, that on Hebrews 6. How can I do it? Amen. Them borderline believers. Amen. They'll never go over. Amen. They can't go over. Jesus said, uh, they said, our fathers eat men in the wilderness. And Jesus said, they're everyone dead. Except separated. They're everyone dead. That's right. So, but I'm the bread of life that come from God out of heaven. If a man eats this bread, he'll never die. That's right. Yes, sir, he's got eternal life if he eats this. I'm that tree of life from the Garden of Eden. Now, see these people come up so close. See if you notice in Hebrews 6, not going back to that, but in Hebrews 6, these people once made partakers come so close and have tasted of the heavenly gift. They sit around 
They've seen healings done. They've seen people in the power of God. They've seen lives changed, but they won't put a hand on it. No, sir. No, sir. And have tasted the power of the world to come, and if they should try to renew themselves again unto repentance, seeing if they, if they have crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh, and counted the blood of the covenant wherewith they were sanctified with, I belong to a church that believes in sanctification. That's good, as far as it goes. But you don't go far enough. See? Yes, sir. The wilderness sanctified them. Yes, indeed. They had the, they had the brazen serpent and the, the brazen altar and everything out there, sanctification. But they entered into Palestine for rest. Amen. Didn't look over in Hebrews 4. Didn't he say another rest? God created the seventh day and gave them rest on the seventh day. Another place he's spoken of rest then today in David. Then he give them another rest. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Enter into this rest. For we which have entered into this rest have ceased from our works as God did from his on the Amen. Sabbath. Amen. There's your Sabbath rest. There's your real rest in this promised land. The Holy Ghost is a promise of the people. Why will they want educated scholarly preachers who will let them wear shorts and cut their hair and wear lipstick and man to gamble and drink beer and tell jokes and go on and carry on like that and call themselves members of church while they will take something like that and refuse the leadership of the Holy Ghost? Well, the Bible said the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword is cutting the hunger of the bone and even the discerner the thoughts of the heart. Yes, even the thoughts of the mind. And if we love the world or the things of the world, the love of God's not even in us. Many are called, few are chosen, for straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life, and but few there will be that will find it. Many won't come to me in that day and sit down in the kingdom, said Jesus, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the children of the kingdoms will be cast down and said, Lord, have not we did this in your name? Have not we preached? Have not we been doctor so-and-so and reverend so-and-so? I never knew you. Depart from you, you workers of iniquity. I didn't know you. No, it saith, Lord, Lord, will enter in, but the one that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, that's the one that goes in. There you are, entering into this promised land. How do we get into it? We are predestinated to it. Amen. Amen. The church, by the foreknowledge of God, has been predestinated to what? To His honor, by His grace, to the glory and worship and glory of God. Papa, sitting back there in the beginning, self-existent, nothing around Him, wanted something to worship, so He foreordained and predestinated a church before the foundation of the world and put their names in the Lamb's Book of Life when it's slain before the foundation of the world they Amen. are here Amen. to His glory and to His praises at the end of the time when we'll gather all things in that one man Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's it. That's it. And that's it right there, my brother, sister. Don't you never move from that. God, by His election grace, calls you. God, by His election grace, sanctifies you. 
God, by His electing grace and His power, baptize you and put you into this land of rest. Amen. They which have entered into this rest have ceased from their going astray. They cease from their works like God did for me. They have joy unspeakable and full glory. And the tree of life is blooming in them. They are long suffering, gentle, goodness, patience, faith, 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 meekness, gentleness, and so forth. The tree of life is blooming in them because their hope is anchored in Christ Jesus, Amen. the witness of the Holy Ghost, bearing record with signs and wonders, following the believers, these signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. As they go along, they heal the sick, they cast out devils, they speak with tongues, they see visions, they, they walk with God, they talk with God. Amen. No devil can move on their steadfast looking For getting those things in the past, they press towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. There they are. That's that church. How did they get there? You can't say, well, Lord, you know, one day I started smoking cigars and I fell out. I thought I did. Oh, no, 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 no. Predestination, he called us. And when we fall in this we say, God, we were lost and undone. We didn't even have a mind to even save ourselves. We were nature of a pig. We were pigs to begin with. You go out to a pig pen and look to an old sound and say, now look here, old gal, I want to tell you something. It's wrong for you to drink slop. You say, oink, oink. Now that's just as much as you have of saving your own self. You say, lady, you shouldn't wear clothes like that. You should dress neatly. You should do this. You should... Uh, not go to, you should not have these card parties. You shouldn't smoke cigarettes. You shouldn't do this. Mister, you shouldn't carry those. Oink, oink. I belong to the oink, oink, oink. That's just about as much as they know. Well, I'll let you know I'm just as good as you are. Oink, oink. See, they reject the leadership of the Holy Ghost. For the Bible said that if you love the world or the things of the world, the love of God's not even in you. What makes them peculiar? You are a holy nation. What have you done? Entered out of that land. You're over in another land. How'd you get over there? That's a promised land. What kind of a promise? This will come to pass in the last days, saith God. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. By one spirit we are all baptized into this one promised land. Amen. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. With a purity of heart. No jealousy. No enmity. Nothing. I don't care if a brother goes astray. No matter what he does, you'll go after him. I went after a brother not long ago and went astray. A young fellow said to me, he said, let that rascal go. Let him alone. I said, if I ever get to a place that my heart don't go with my brother, then it's time for me to go to the altar because I've fallen from grace. I said, I'll go as long as he's got breath in his body and I'll catch him somewhere along the line. Amen. Yes, sir. And I caught him. Hallelujah. Brought him back. Sir, he's back in the fold safely now. Yes, sir. He went astray as sure as the world. A while ago when I seen that poor little woman sitting there and the sheriff called me and said, well, she ought to be in a straitjacket. Said she's just delirious. She's out of her head. She, she they put her in a hotel. They came. I said that's all right. Said sheriff said, "Well, Billy, I know him real well, and Lord, he's as a kid. 
He said, if there's anything I can do to help you, I said, that's all right. He said, can you help her? I said, no, but he can. I said, yes, no. <laughs> so they brought her out there, and when she left a while ago, in peace. <laughs> what was it? We sent a prayer out after Amen. She is so, they said, do you want to get a doctor? Said to her husband, you want to get a doctor? Said a doctor can't do nothing for her. And that's right. It's insane. Doctor can't do nothing for her. Said our only hope is get there. And he said, Billy, I don't understand that. I said, I don't expect you to. <laughs> don't expect you to. But oh, my. neither do I understand it. No, but brother. I remember when I was away out there one time, some come after me. Amen. It was because that I wanted to come, but it was because something come after me. Because before the foundation of the world, God predestinated, hallelujah, that we would be here to His honor and glory. Listen, those who He foreknew, He has what? Called. Is that right? Amen. Did he call you? Amen. Yeah. Why did he call you? He foreknew you. Those who he foreknew, he called. Those who he has called, he has justified. Is that right? Amen. And those who he has justified, he has glorified. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. Those who he foreknew, he called. Every generation. Those who he called, he has already glorified. What? Let me read the scripture here. All right? Having predestinated them unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to his own pleasure, to the praises of his glory. Amen. Do you get it? To the praises of his glory. Amen. That he could step there in the eternal ages that is the Rome. And his children would scream, Have our Father, have our Father. And the angels say, What are they talking about? What are they talking about? So beautifully displayed in the prodigal son. I was lost. This is my son. He was lost. And now he's found. He was dead and he's alive again. Bring forth the fatty calf, the best robe of rain, and put it on his finger. And left. no wonder when the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy. And they seen the plan of salvation. God putting your name on the book before the foundation of the world. I used to say Calvin believed something like that. I didn't believe Calvin. Calvin was a murderer. Calvin put a man to death because he baptized in Jesus' name. He was a rascal. Need to be converted himself. That's true. But what he said about some of the things he said was right. Don't, but what he, his action, a man to kill a man for something like that, that's horrible. That's sinful. All right. Wherein he has abounded towards us. Oh, wait. I didn't get that adoption, did I? Am I too late? what this talk says up here what time is up. All right. Just, just let's say ten minutes for the sake of these people's come so long. Look. Look. Adoption. Let me show you what's done now. A father has a big kingdom. He rides around. Now he's got a son born. Oh, he's so happy. Now that's God. So you know what that father does? He finds the very best razor, tutor. You know what a tutor is, don't you? It's a school teacher. He finds the very best school teacher he can find in all the country. And that's where we're going now. Listen. 
and he finds the best school teacher he can find. He don't just get this a scallywag. He wants his boy to be a real fella. Don't you want your children that way? Sure, best you can give them. Yes, sir. So if a natural man thought that, what do you think God thinks about for his children? The best he could get. So he wants a man that'll be honest. Now, he don't man, want a man to say, now look, I, 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 Junior, you just do anything you want to, honey. Uh, uh, oh, yes, Father. Uh, mm-hmm. He's getting along fine. He's a fine boy. Uh, get a little pat on his back and a straw in his hat. No, no. That guy gets fired right now. Sure. He wants a man that'll be truthful. If that boy's coming right, tell him. If he isn't, tell him what's wrong. And if an earthly father thought that, wouldn't you want a man to be honest with you, the school teacher be honest about your children? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. What do you think God thinks? And He knows. We don't. He does. We're finite. We couldn't tell, but He's infinite and does know. So you know what the father did? He never said, I'm going to get a pope to watch over my children. And he didn't say, I'm going to get a, a bishop. Amen. No. No. He didn't do because he knew the Pope would be wrong, so would the bishop. Yes. He never said, I'm going to get a general overseer to watch over my churches. Amen. No, no. He got the Holy Ghost. Amen. That was his tutor. Mm-hmm. He raised his children. All right? Then how would you know the Holy Ghost don't say, he speaks through human lips. How do you know then it's telling the truth? When you see the Holy Spirit speaking through a lips that's telling the truth exactly every time, predicting to come into pass just perfectly like Samuel said, then you know that's true. Yeah. It's coming right because God said if he speaks and what he says don't come to pass, don't hear him because I'm not with him. But if he does, well then hear him because I'm with him. There you are. That's how he does. Now, then he goes around. Now, why do you think that tutor would say if he had to go up to the father and say, your, your children's acting awful. <laughs> I tell you that boy of yours, he, mm, he's a renegade. He's a roustabout. I've never seen such a fellow. My, you know what he does? And that girl of yours? Oh, I don't know what you're going to do with her. Mm. Well, you know what? She looks up like, she's, she's all painted up like some of them girls over here in Philistine. Yes, sir. She wants to act just like they do. My daughter? Yes, your daughter. That's what the Holy Spirit has to say about the church today. No wonder we can't have a revival. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now that's true. What about your son? Huh? Same thing. What? Well, you know, you always said that those sheep should herd in that pasture up there on that sheep food up there. Yeah, you know what he did? He drove them down there in that weed pile. Just tuck them down there, dunk them all in that creek, and let them lay around that weed pile. Eating them old willers, and they're so poor they can't hardly get out of there. That's bishops, pastors, who deny the power thereof. Well, I'll tell you the truth. I've never seen such a bunch of nervous sheep in my life. <laughs> you don't like that. No. And you know what? Them cattle up here, you know, you, you told them to feed on that, that alfalfa up there, you know, to make them fat? Yeah. You know what he's giving them? No. Them old iron weeds. Yeah? He's making them join societies and everything. you never seen life in your life. Never seen such in all your life. You know what he's doing? Going along out there, smoking a big cigar, <laughs> right back. 
He's got his wife with him. She's wearing shorts. Just like the Philistines are doing out there. Yeah. That's the kind of message the Holy Spirit has to take about church today. Now, what do you think about that? That's adoption. What he did he do? He predestined us unto adoption. He gave us the Holy Ghost. But wait a minute, adoption. That's what we're talking about. Adoption. Well, you know what he does? The bishop come by the other day and told, he was having a little healing service down there. The bishop come by, some guy, a brother come by and was praying for the sick. And he said, you stop that. Oh, oh yes, Father Bishop. Don't you cooperate? Oh, no, no, Father Bishop, sure not. And here I come and tell him the truth right out of your word. See, here it is. I read your laws to him exactly what to do, and he won't listen to him. He says, oh, that was for another age, another son, some other time. That don't mean me. There you are. That's, that's truth, friend. Now, don't you see where the church misses its place? Why we haven't got revivals? Why we haven't got things going on? That's where it's lays. Joshua say, uh, Dad... I want you to, right in here, lays your place according to the blueprint. Your place lays here. Right in here. You get in here, Gad, and stay here. Benjamin, you go right down here. And now you all stay away from the border of the Philistines. Joshua, he comes back. Here they all over in the Philistines. Had a big old shindig. Just danced it up like that. And all the women painted it up and danced around and having a big time. And Joshua scratches his head and says, Now what? That's just exactly what's taking place. Not all, thank God. Not all, but too many. All right? Now what takes place then? That's what happens. Don't you imagine that man, the Holy Spirit blushes before the Father when he has to say that? Oh, my. Uh, I, I told him, but he, he wouldn't listen to it. I told him that, and let him read right there in the book, I had... I had a little minister come by and show him that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. And you know what? He let one of them, let one of them old goat herders come over here and tell him that that was for another age. <laughs> and he smelled so bad the time he got over there with goat smell, you know, cigars and you know, smelled so bad when he got over here. But I tell you, that goat herder had enough medals pinned on him. <laughs> or I tell you, if you'd write his name in the paper, it'd take his obituary would take a half a sheet to make his titles. Yes, sir, they sure like him over there in that country, but I tell you, he sure don't know how to feed sheep. That's one thing, not. Amen. Amen. He just won't listen to me, says the Holy Spirit. I've tried to tell him that you're the same yesterday and forever, but... He just won't do it. He's the biggest coward I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And the church has made him an overseer, a bishop, so forth. And all the people are listening to him. And then you know what? They take those, they got a little thing down there they call a television. They turn the little thing on like that. And, and then women come on and carry on all kind of halfway dresses. And you know, a lot of your daughters are, pat- oh, surely not. Mm-hmm. So, yes, they are. Yes, they're doing it. Mm. Some of them are crying out for a revival, Father. Some of them are really born. Some of them are really walking the line. Some of them are standing just as true on that word as they can be. 
others. I don't know what to do. They're, they're way out there. You know what them others are doing? Making fun of them. And they're just a bunch of cracks. Well, that makes you feel pretty bad. But now, let's change the picture. Now the father, his son is a good boy. His father right, right along, here's the tutor of the Holy Spirit. Which way the Holy Spirit? He said, I'm going to walk. Tutor said, I'm, the child said, I'll walk right with you. <laughs> I'll go right with you. Oil the hills off the high, son. I'll go right with you. I got confidence in you. <laughs> if I start getting tired, you raise my hand up and hold me on. But there's lines up on the hill there. Don't matter. As long as you're around, don't make a bit of difference. <laughs> there's trouble up there. Slick rocks. I don't care. As long as you're holding me, I walk right with you. I walk right with you. Oh, you know what? Your dad used to do that. <laughs> That's good. Yes, sir. Get up on top of the hill there. Oh, he said, you know what, Father? Your son is just like a chip off the old block. He is absolutely exactly like you. Every word that you say, he says amen to it. I, I had him turn over the Bible the other day, and it said, Jesus Christ is saying yesterday and forever. You know what he said? He screamed and threw his hands up in the air and said, Hallelujah! Amen! <laughs> oh, and you know what he said here? Uh, uh, in your words, you know your word. he said, The work, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also? Yeah, I remember writing that to my son. Yeah, I remember writing that. Oh, and he saw that, he just screamed and jumped up to the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, take all the work out of me. Make me like that. Yes, sir. All those things that he done. Oh, the father said it. Ha, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that son. That's a fine son. All right? Keep eye on him for a few years. See how he, see how he go, comes on, how he progresses. After a while, the years pass by. How's he getting along? Oh, my. He's even growing in grace. Ooh, my. He's just, he's shelling the woods. I'm telling you, he, he's really, why he takes them sheep and can handle them just, just like you do. He'll never give them seaweeds. He'll never give them arm weeds. When they come around saying, we want to join the church and say, shut your mouth. You don't need that. No, sir. Here's what you need. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. That's what he said. Oh, does he really say that? Yes, sir. He sure does. Well, that's just the way I wrote it. That's just the way he says it. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Some of them said, Tear you in the city of Jerusalem till you're due with power on high. If this the Holy Ghost come up on you, be witness me in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and the most parts of the world. When you're ready to say, Hallelujah, that's what you need. Amen. You know what he does? He just gets them right down there to the gift. That's all. Stays right with them. And if they start fussing, he says, Whoop, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. That's why he goat sack, not sheep. Or sometimes they get a little peeved at him, but he kind of pats them on the back a little bit and says, Wait a minute. It's all right. He really knows how to control them sheep. Yes, sir, I'll tell you. You know what? I've seen Archbishop so tell him if he couldn't come to this town to hold a meeting, but, you know, I kind of let him. I said, Go anyhow. Went through all these tapes, and don't you let them go out. We went anyhow. Went over in these towns here and said, Well, we want spot. And you know, the devil got down there and said, I bet you I can keep him out of that town. I said, Can't do it. If I tell him to go, he'll go. Yeah. I bet you he'll go. No, 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 no. I'll tell him. I'm going to say, Hey, all my agents, you all gather together. You don't want that old fanaticism down here, all that old divine healing and that old Holy Ghost stuff that passed back with the apostles years ago. You know that's no good back there, trying to get them old iron weeds or anything like that. Saved it. But you know what? He went right on down there. Anyway. Amen. 
Went right on down there and begins to ride alfalfa from up. And you know what? Them sheep started eating. They get as fat as they can be. Yes, sir. While they're having healings and meetings, and you know, a lot of them young fellows begin. Well, they seen they got a big bunch of hay like that alfalfa. You know what they done with it? It was so good that they run over to their neighbors. They taste this, taste this. Taste this. Yes, sir. Like this, right here. Here it is, right here, right here. This. Yeah. You never want to be baptized in the name of Jesus. See, you get the Holy Ghost for whosoever will let him come. Let him come here. See, here's what the Bible says. See, and they're just having a great time down there. Oh, that's my son. That's my boy. Are oh, you think he's well matured? Yep. Sure it is, said the Holy Spirit. I'll give him tests, boy. I tried him this way, tried him that way. I'll throw him down sick. I'll put him on a, a stomp him. I'll let the devil do everything he could do. He'd come right back up again. Come up again. I made him sick. I've done this. I've thrown him in the hospital. I took him out here. I've done this. I've done that. I've turned his wife against him. I've turned his neighbors against him. I've turned everything. That didn't make a bit of difference. The boy slave me and I'll trust him. I killed his family, I took this, I did this, I done all this, I did this, other. Still stood right up. Boy slave me, yet I'll serve him. He's mine. Oh. Well, I believe we ought to call him out somewhere to a little special place and have an adoption. Now when the father in the Old Testament understood that his son was come of age and had been seasoned out unto adoption. Unto. They're born a child. But when their son right then. But then they'll never be no more than just a child, just an ordinary son, until they mature and show what they are. Then he calls him out. Then now here we are, church. Are you ready? That's a little bit late. Everybody bite your finger, pinch your soul, and pluck your heart just for a minute. See? Amen. Now we're going to place the church. Now when the church gets to that place, he says, Manassas, you belong over here. <laughs> Ephraim, you over here. Then he takes them out to a certain place the Father does, and he sets them up on a high place like this, and he has a ceremony, and they all come around. And he said, I want everyone to know that this is my child, and I've got my son. I want anyone to know from henceforth that his name, I dressed him up a special dress on him. And I want you to know that his name is just as good on any check as my name is. He's my child. I adopt him into my family. Although he's been my son since he was born, since he received the Holy Ghost, he's been my son. But now I'm going to place him positionally in authority. What he fires is fired. What he hires is hard. Amen. Verily, verily, I say to you, if you, Amen. To this tree, if you say to this mountain, be moved, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you've said will come to pass, you can have what you said. Amen. Amen. There you are. There you are. Thank you. See? He's my son. How many knows that the adoption, if they adopted the son after he had proved to be a... Everybody ever read the Bible? Amen. Placing a son. Now, God did the same thing to his son. We took Jesus up on Mount Transfiguration. He took Peter, James, and John up there. That's three witnesses of the earth. There was Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, and God up on the mountain. There they stood up on the mountain. And first thing you know, they looked, and Jesus was glorified before them. Is that right? How many knows that's the scripture? Amen. What did he do? He dressed him in the robe of immortality. 
And he said his raiment shine like the sun. Is that right? Amen. And a cloud overshadowed him. And Peter and John then fell on their face. And they looked. And there stood Moses and Elijah talking to him. And Moses had been dead, on a, buried in an unmarked grave for 800 years. And Elijah took a chariot ride to heaven 500 years before that. Amen. But they were still there. <laughs> there they were talking to him. Amen. See? He had taken Jesus up to see them. To see what it was all about. See there. Showing him these things. And they talked with him. Had a conversation with him. Then as soon as Peter looked back again and the glorification was all for Jesus, they seen Jesus only and a voice come from that cloud and said, This is my beloved Son. Hear ye Him. Amen. His name's just as good as mine. Oh, hallelujah. Hear ye Him. That's it. Adopted our place sons. Now, that's where God is trying to get the Pentecostal church in the book of Ephesians. Yes. See? Do you, do you understand? Yeah. We've got to close because it's getting too late. See, the kid is getting sleepy. And I wanted to get down here to this verse right here, but I can't do it until the, uh, the 13th verse. See, the last part, sealed by the Holy Ghost of promise. We'll get that Sunday. Okay. Now, wh- how, what brings us in and how we're kept by this? But now to place, how are you? You're first born into the kingdom by the Holy Ghost. How many knows that? Yeah. All right. The next you are predestinated unto the what? Adoption. What is that? You are predestinated unto the placing. Oh, Sister Scott, I believe this. Aren't you the one who's up home today? A teaching going around somewhere in the world, around different parts of the country. I've heard of it lots. That Jesus is here on earth walking around in a body and he comes in and does this that's a lie this Holy Spirit here and he is trying to place his church to get his church in order place it in the promised land so they can enter so that all the enemies can be drove out Manassas can't take his land I can't have a healing service when half of the when the I'd go out there and preach the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and the, and the Trinitarian brethren said, oh, he's on Jesus only. I can't go over here and have a divine healing when half of them says divine healing's all right and a lot of them enjoy the miracles of the Lord and say, well, I believe Brother Bram's a prophet. But let me tell you something. As long as the Spirit is on him and he's discerning, he's the Lord's servant. But his teaching is rotten. It's no good. Who ever heard of such Tommy Rock? It's either of God or it isn't of God. Amen. Right. It's either all God or none God. Amen. That's the way it is. But how are you going to have? Manassas won't keep his ground. Ephraim won't keep his ground. Gad won't keep his ground. Benjamin won't keep his ground. They're all running out here with the Philistines and all mixed up. How are we going to get placed? Amen. But we have been born by the Holy Ghost. All of us. Is that right? What are we be born to? Predestinated. Then after being born, we are predestinated unto the adoption to be placed in the body of Christ. You see what I mean? What is the body of Christ? 
Some are apostles. Some are prophets. Some are teachers. Some are evangelists. And some are pastors. Is that right? We're called to others as gifts of tongues, interpretation of tongues, wisdom, knowledge, miracles, working of miracles, all these different gifts. And now what do they do? They practice that a little bit. What? Let it run loose just like I don't know what. One raised up speak of tongues, the other go ahead talking. Preacher be preaching, make all the calls. So if I raise up speaking tongues, hallelujah, glory God. If the, if the preacher happens to go on with his message being anointed, then the people say, oh, backslider, see? It's because they're not taught. The Bible said the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. God is no author of confusion. I'm standing here on our ministry here under the anointing of God. No matter how much you want to speak with tongues, you hold your peace till yes. God's finished here. Yes. Then if you speak with tongues, it can't be just some repeating of Scripture because God said don't use vain repetition. Amen. But it's a message directly to somebody. Ask me one time. Put your finger on one time. That the Holy Spirit ever under the discernment told somebody to repeat the Scripture over and over. It told them something that was wrong with them and something that they had done and something that they must do or something had to happen or something like that. Is that right? Yeah. So is speaking in tongues and interpretation. If there's one in the church that speaks with tongues and another interpreted, let us say this. Let Brother Neville raise up and speak with tongues and this brother here give the interpretation and say, tell this man here that yesterday he went out there and done something off to done. Now the doctor told day he had cancer. Go make that thing right. Come back here and get right with God. The man say, truly that's the truth. Amen. Then God's with you. Amen. But how are we going to do it this way? See? It's just, just haphazard in the way. No placing at all. Now that's, see, Ephesians are trying, see, they miss that. See how they miss it? We are predestinated unto the adoption of sons. Now how many understands what I mean? Raise up your hand. Adoption. We're born in the Spirit of God. Sure to receive the Holy Ghost. We cry out our Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're, that's right. We're children. But we can't get nowhere. We can't whip the Philistines. Look at Billy Graham standing over here in that Mohammed saying, Prove it. Look at Jack Cole standing down yonder in that atheist, that church of Christ, shaking hands with the atheist out there and taking hands, I suppose, to be a Christian and shaking hands with the devil like Joe Lewis and a free thinker and even cussed God and said there was no such a thing as a God anyhow to begin with and things like that. And a church that calls himself a church of Christ, shaking hands with him and taking it. Sides against Brother Jack Cole. And the Pentecostals, many of them against him. Whenever a preacher in our land order stood toe to toe with him, he said, God, send down your power. There we are where it can't be placed. Ephraim don't want to stay. One of them go over here. We find the masses. Get to where you said, Oh my, the Lord give me a good cornfield. Then here comes over here. Uh, 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 Gad said, well, no, no, wait, I suppose wait, oh, oh, but I'm going to get corn too. Hallelujah. You ain't got nothing to do with corn. Get oats. Oats is your part to raise. You ain't supposed to herd sheep when you're supposed to herd cattle. 
God wants to place the church. But everyone of them wants to do the same thing. Hallelujah. You can't tell them a thing about it. No, no, just still got that goaty nature. But, 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 but. See? You can't tell them. That's right. Now, isn't that true? And you can't place the church. See? The church is supposed to be predestinated unto the adoption of children. Where a man, God can take a man and adopt him into the family, give him something that's first. Try that and see if it's right. The Bible said try the Spirit. This man claims a certain thing. Try it and see if it's right. If it's right, move right with it. And say, Lord, send us something else. Keep moving. See, just keep moving. Never thought I'd take his place. Then you're going to see the church of God begin to get its place. Then's when the Philistines will go to back it up. Amen. The shorts will go off. Hair will go down. Faces will be washed. Cigars will be missing. That's right. When the church begins to get into its mighty power, when we have an Ananias and Sapphira, a few of them, yes, sir. You'll see when that holy church stands together in its power positionally placed as sons of God adopted into the family of God powerful church standing there in its glory that's what he's coming for see how far we are all brethren you can't even get together on scripture any man any man that can't see water baptism in the Bible in the name of Jesus Christ he's either blind or something mentally wrong and that's where the big fight is. I'll, I'll tell any person that will bring me any scripture where anybody was ever baptized in any other name besides the name of Jesus Christ in the new church. Or if he was baptized any other way, he had to be baptized over again in the name of Jesus Christ to get the Holy Ghost. You come show me. There's not no such. There's no such a commission. When Jesus said, Oh, there go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, neither one's a name, none of them. Peter turned right ten days later and said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And everywhere in the Bible, and then here was some was baptized down there some other way. But John, just some two repentance. Paul said, You've got to be rebaptized again. You got to come again. Oh, but we've been baptized by a great holy man, John. He baptized Jesus. All right, this is the gospel. Amen. This is the Spirit of God that's been to be revealed to me. Amen. I'm an apostle of the Lord. And if an angel from heaven comes and preaches anything else, yes. let me read that. The Bible said, if an Paul said, if an angel from heaven said anything else, bishop, archbishop, pope, overseer, whatever he may be, if he preaches anything else besides this that I've preached unto you, let him be accursed. Amen. There's no, we have no such customs as that. No, sir. You just, there's just no such thing. You, we, and then, then, see, why is it people can't see that? Why is it people won't, won't believe that? See? Somebody hit it right there, Jim. Predestinated. Exactly. Why? All the Father has given me will what? Come to me. Come to me. Ah, exactly. All the Father has given me will come will come to me. What's the matter of me trying to find here? Here we are. 
All right. Let me just read this verse, and then I'll tell you what Paul... The, things that, the very message I preach tonight, here's what Paul said on predestination, on water baptism in Jesus' name, the Holy Ghost baptism, the setting in the church, and so forth. Here's what he said. I marvel, telling these Galatians, that you are so soon moved from him that called you unto grace of Christ. I am so ashamed of you, in other words, that you let somebody come in and twist you away from that. Unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would prevent the gospel of Christ. Prevent the real gospel of Christ. But watch. Now remember, it was Paul that constrained every person that had not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ to come and be baptized over again in the name of Jesus Christ. How many know this? How many know this? Paul that said these secrets have been hid since the foundation of the world and been revealed to him that we were predestinated to be the sons of God unto adoption. It was Paul. Look at what he said. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be a curse. Just don't say, I don't agree with you, mister. Just let him be a curse. Let me read the next verse. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that we have already received, let him be a curse. That's right. Now, brother, sister, if it was God the other day, and I, I say that hoping not irreverent, that taken me to see this little, uh, I get excited, I don't guess I get excited, I just get blessed in preaching. I get beside myself and I keep you here till I know you're sleepy and tired, but oh, I, if, you, if you could only know how I want you over there. And when I, once I say this again, when I, when he said, I said it would do, he said, would you like to see what the end is? And I look back and see myself laying there on the bed. Surely, you've known me long enough to know that I, that I tell you the truth. I want to ask you something. As Samuel said before the anointing saw, have I ever told you anything in the name of the Lord but what was true? Is that right? It's always been true. Have I ever come begged you for money or anything like that? I never have. Have I ever did anything but tried my best to lead you to Christ? Exactly. Now they want to say I'm a mental telepathist, you know, a supersentient perceptionist. Of course them things has got to rise. The Bible said they would. As Jambres and Jambres withstood Moses. They did pretty much the same thing Moses did. So it comes to a showdown. That's right. But remember, Jambres and Jambres could not heal. They could not heal. They could bring plagues but not take them away. See? All right. Now, God is the healer. God's word remains true. I have tried to be honest with you. I've tried to tell you the truth. I've, uh, for about 31 years, I've stood at this pulpit. Off and on for 31 years. And someday may leave to go to glory inside this pulpit. There's been a wife, a daughter, father, brothers, all buried right across there, precious friends. I've watched their caskets and the flowers set here. And know someday that mine will be too. That's true. But sincerely from all my heart, I tell you, with all my heart, I believe I preach to you the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
I believe that you should be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And whenever you do, it'll bring to you a joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, patience, faith. And the other day, what happened to me on that morning, I don't know. I can't say yet. Whether I was here at my body and just seen a vision, or whether I was taken away from here over there, I don't know. I can't say. Only thing I know that I, I was always afraid of dying, that little place of staying, but not afraid of it. Jesus wouldn't come get me now. I wasn't afraid of that. Well, I, I didn't fear that. But if I'd meet you and just be a little myth flying out through the air. But I see now. Amen. When I've seen those people, they were real. Yes. And they were people who once associated with me here on earth. Yes. Even to my first wife. She wasn't my wife. She was my sister. She never called me her husband. She called me her darling brother. There was no sex, no feelings of that type. It couldn't be. It was perfect. It was sweetness. It was perfection. I'm wondering. I don't know. I'm wondering, is that what she seen before she left the earth? When she was young in the hospital. When I called her. And she said, Billy, you have preached it. You've talked about it. But she said, you don't know what it is. She said, I have no more desire to say it. I wonder if that's what it is that that godly, saintly old man of F.F. Bosworth who stood in this pulpit, who's preached with me around different parts of the world, old F.F. Bosworth, all of you nearly knew him. Godly, saintly old man. Two hours before, well, about a week or two before he left, I went to him and there he laid back there, way nearly 90 years old. His little old arms reached out his little bald head and that white whiskers on his face. I grabbed that old man in my arms and I screamed, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. For if there ever was a man that ever represented Pentecost and was a true apostle, it was F.F. Bosworth. Clean, straight, real gospel. See, it was Bosworth. And when I held him in my arms and I screamed, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. He said, Son, stay on the field. said, Beat some of these young fellows to the foreign fields if you can before they get a lot of fanaticism over there. Take them that real gospel that you've got. He said, Your ministry hasn't begun yet to what it will. said, You're a brand new brand. He said, You're young, son. I said, Brother Boswell, I'm 48 years old. He said, You haven't started yet. He said, don't let these young Pentecostal preachers get over there with a lot of nonsense Amen. and poison the thing up Amen. and get all the, the uh, diplomats and all the country against it before you get there. He said, move on, Brother Branham. Go on with the gospel that you got. He said, I, I believe that you are an apostle or a prophet of the Lord our God. Amen. I looked at him. I hugged him in my arms. I said, Brother Bosworth, I want to ask you a question. What was the happiest time of your moment, of your all your years that you preached? He said, right now, Brother Branham. I said, do you know you're dying? He said, I cannot die. Amen. I said, why would you say this is your happiest time? There's a little door. He said, I'm laying here with my face turned towards that door. Most any minute, the one that I've loved. And what did I preach for and stood for all these my life? He'll come to that door for me. And I'll go with him. 
I looked at him, I thought, I, I look, it seems I would be at Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. I took his hand and I said, Brother Bosworth, we both believe the same God, we believe the same thing. By the grace of God, I'll preach until the last breath leaves my body. I'll stay true to God as I know how to stay. I'll not compromise with the gospel on any side or any place. I'll stay as true as I know to stay. Brother Bosworth, I'll meet you in a better land where you'll not be young, or not be old anymore, but young. He said, you'll be there, Brother Brandon. Don't you worry. An hour before, two hours before he died, about two months later, I thought he was dying then. A wife come in, seen him. He always thought so much of her. And then Mrs. Bosworth, about two hours, he'd been laying sleeping. He raised up. He looked and he jumped up from his bed. He said, Mother, well, I haven't seen you for years. Dad, Brother Jim, why well, said I see? You was one of my converts to the Lord at Joliet, Illinois. You'd been dead for 50 years. Yes. He said, your sister so-and-so? Yes. I led you to the Lord at, at the Winnipeg meeting. Yes. Why, your sister so-and-so? I haven't seen you yet. See, you come to the Lord at so-and-so. And for two straight hours, he shook hands with ones that he had led to the Lord. Amen. Walked right back to his place. Laid down, crossed his hands, and that was Did Brother F.F. F. Bosworth enter that land Amen. that Jesus Amen. let me view the other night? If it is, he's there a young man tonight. God rest his soul. And may I ever live so faithful that I'll enter that land. And may I be so true of a servant to Christ. I'm ashamed of my life. I'm ashamed of my sin before you people. You, you ought to me to come tell me. See, I try to live upright in everything that God lets me do by His grace. Oh, see, see. But look, friends, you ought to me. If you know anything that's wrong with my life, come tell me so. And look, I owe it to you to stand here and preach you the true gospel. Yes. I owe it to you. Because I'm expecting to see each one of your faces, yeah. young men and women, just across that border yonder. That's just one breath between where you are now and there. Now, that's right. It's there. And may the God of all grace, the God of heaven, not sacrilegious, but in reverent Papa, on that great day when we be presented back here and have our earthly bodies again so we can drink and eat the grapes and the fruit of the land, they will build houses and another won't inhabit. They'll plant vineyards and another won't eat thereof. See, one man plants a vineyard, his son takes it, and then his son takes it, and his, but not in this case. Amen. He'll plant it and stay there. Right. Amen. That's right. Amen. We'll be there forever. Amen. And may in that land, may I see every one of you. And I know that I'm talking in here even to Trinitarian ministers. And my brethren, I do not say this. I do not say this to her. I'm a Trinitarian too. I believe in the Trinity, the, the three attributes of God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but not three gods. Amen. I believe to be three attributes, absolutely. I do that with all my heart, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but they are not three gods. Amen. They're just three attributes, are other three offices of God. God lived once in the fatherhood, sonship, and now the Holy Ghost. It's the same God in three offices. 
And they have, and Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is not no name of God. God has one name, and His name is Jesus. The Bible said the family in heaven is named Jesus, and the family in earth is named Jesus. That's right. So God had one name, human name. He was had a name called Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. That was his titles of deity. But he had one name, Jesus. Amen. That's him. And truly, my brethren, if you disagree with me, remember, I, I, I'll meet you over there anyhow. See, I'll, I'll be there with you. And God bless you, and I love you, and I want the church to remember. Now, Sunday morning, we're going to pick up from here, and I'm going to try not to keep you no longer than 2 o'clock, so you have an afternoon meeting, if we possibly can. And if I do as well as I've done tonight, 10.30, do you forgive me? Yeah. My friends, we ain't got much time left, honey. I, I, I call you honey because you are. You, you are my honey, <laughs> You know what? Let, here's a scripture come. Paul said, I am jealous over you, his church, with godly jealous, for I espouse you. There you are. That's got it. That's it. For I espouse you, engage you to Christ as the chaste virgin. Now, if that was true then on that day, he said, the people said to me, he said, Jesus will come to you and you will present us to him, a chaste virgin. Judge by the word that you preach to them. And look, if I preach you just what Paul preached to his church, if his group gets in, ours will too. Because we got the same anyway, Let us bow our heads now while we say, God bless you. I'll...